Okay, we're uh, we're back at it. Many guys who aren't from Oklahoma, Bernie, you have no idea. We don't like them. It's personal. We got a logo too. We've been working on one for 18 years, and, and we want everybody in the country to know, with all due respect, we got a logo too. We are back at it. Welcome back to another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham, and today I have a special guest. You know, it's mid-August, football season right around the corner, and of course, a staple for any OSU fan is to fill out the OSU annual survey run by my man Dave Hudson. Dave is joining us, and uh, Dave, we've been friends for quite some time, but it's always good to get back with you once a survey rolls around and and the football season gets near. Uh, thanks. Uh, glad to be here and always, always a pleasure to talk OSU football and the survey. So thanks for having me. Yeah, we've, we met a long time ago through a mutual friend and uh, a lot's happened for us this summer. And I got, I got married. I know you got married recently as well. Uh, been a busy summer for both of us. How's your summer been? Uh, it's been amazing. Yeah. I had a, had a big wedding in June and followed up by a honeymoon in Italy, which was amazing. Uh, so, Ooh, where'd y'all go in Italy? Yeah. That's, that's on my bucket list. If we, I haven't done a honeymoon yet, but that's kind of the area we want to go. Yeah. So, you know, it's very common for people to hop around in Italy, stay two or three days here, two or three days there. Uh, but because it was kind of honeymoon, we wanted to just kind of, you know, relax a little bit. So we stayed in Sorrento for most of the trip. Uh, I did do some day trips from there um, to kind of nearby places like Capri and Pompeii and, Amalfi Coast and everything. Uh, so we did spend like eight days there as kind of our home base. And then we spent two days in Rome and flew home. But man, I would love to go back and do, you know, Florence and Venice and all that stuff too. It's just, <laughs> you can't do it all in one yeah. trip. So, but it was awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, that's how me and Sydney like to do it. I mean, we, we just like to post up somewhere. We're not big on the hustle and bustle when we're on vacation. We just kind of want to pick a spot. So that, that sounds incredible. Well, yeah. Congratulations to you. And um, Thank yeah, you. I wanted to, well, you too. Yeah, thanks, man. It's, uh, I also have my 20-year high school reunion. You're a little older than me. Any any recommendation? Did you go to your 20-year reunion? I did. I did go to my 20. I, that's the only one I've been to. I didn't go to the 10. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, it, it was more fun than I bargained for, actually. I mean, I, we I got a good <laughs> collection of friends together to uh, to go, and we had a really, really good time. The only problem is you go in there, you're like, man, these people look old. And, you know, so, <laughs> yeah, uh, we're getting old, you, man. You, you realize... You, you realize you look old too, probably, but, uh, but no, I had, I had a really good time. So yeah, that's, that's awesome that you're going. Uh, yeah, I, just, I, I recommend it. It's decidedly different vibes because I went to my 10 year. Well, your 10 year, I mean, you're not that far out of college. You kind of, thanks to social media, yeah. you kind of know what everyone's doing. So I'm curious to see how many people actually come to the 20th. Cause we all got families and kids. And as you said, we all look old. So maybe people don't want to show up. So <laughs> that should be a good yeah, time. Yeah. But uh, before we get into we'll the, the survey it. and your thoughts on OSU, um, it's here from Chris's University Spirit, your one-stop cowboy shop. Be sure to shop at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Again, we got the new uniforms, new jerseys. You're going to want to go get the freshest gear at Chris's. So stop by there in Stilly. You know where it's at. Um, Dave, before we get into the survey, like You've been on before, and I, I do want to get the background on the survey and how it all started. But one of the things I like most about you is you're you're similar in age to me, and you're an OSU lifer. I mean, you when did you start going to OSU games and really, you know, finding your love for for Oklahoma State? Oh, uh, as long as I can remember, you know, my dad would take my sister and I to games and. Um, you know, so I, I couldn't tell you when my first game was, but it was a long, long time ago. Um I mean, so I, I have, I was like eight years old during Barry's Heisman season. So, I mean, I, I kind of vaguely remember it. I can't say that I was like a huge fan at eight, but I, you know, I, I do remember some of that. Um, my, honestly, my true love, first true love was OSU basketball. Um, you know, I was kind of coming into my own as a, as a fan right when kind of Eddie uh, came into this, came to, came back to Stillwater. So you know, that kind of 91, 92 season when I was like 11, 12 years old, um, seeing those guys, you know, the Byron Houston, Corey Williams, and uh, you know, all those guys, Darwin Alexander, and, and then into Brooks Thompson and stuff like that. that that's what I really became a huge uh, OSU fan. And then, uh, you know, football was pretty terrible, obviously, uh, for <laughs> yeah. quite a while. So I do remember, I mean, I, we still went to all the games. I mean, I promise you, but uh, it was pretty bleak. Um, so, but then, you know, obviously things have changed. So um, it's, but my evolution as a fan was, um, 
you know, I, I think it built a lot of character going to, I mean, my, my dad was the most loyal fan. So we went regardless of how bad we were in football, but I was always looking forward to basketball season. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, me too. That, that those are my, early, my earliest memories are in fact, Corey, Corey Williams was my first favorite player going to old Gallagher. I think my dad got tickets right? yeah. Eddie's first year. So I, I wore number five for Corey and those were some great days. And I, I just marvel now when like you and I go to games now, what boom picking stadium is and, you know, I can still, I always reference those old helmets they used to have with like the single bar face mask that used to be up on the old press box at old Lewis field. Yeah. I yeah. try not to be too old manish, but like, you guys don't know how good you got it now with the stadium and this oh, football 100%. program. Like yeah. it's, it's almost hard to explain to like your kids, right? Like what, you know, what it used to be like when you were a kid. Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, the old, you know, Rustoleum stadium or whatever. <laughs> I mean, it was, you know, the troughs in the bathroom. I mean, do you remember that? I mean, it was just like, it was, oh, yeah. it was, it was terrible. It really was. Um, yeah, I think that's totally right. I mean, thank, I mean, we can get into the, all the conference realignment stuff later, but I mean, you just have to be so thankful for what Boone Pickens, I mean, just transformed the program into what it is today and, and Gundy. Uh, but, but yeah, people that are, I mean, Hey, the, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that the kids now don't, don't know how bad it was, but it was bad. It was really bad. So um, we, we would have been one of the programs left out of all this stuff had it not been for the changes that were made. So, oh, to yeah. totally. It, it really is scary to think where OSU would be without Boone Pickens. I mean, uh, you know, when people cite OSU's record against Oklahoma, and that always comes around in Bedlam, it, it really needs the context of Oklahoma State wasn't even attempting to compete in football in terms of an athletic department, in terms of facilities, in terms of the entire infrastructure. And that all changed with Boone. So you're, you're right. I think they would be right there with, you know, the Iowa states of the world and, and schools like that, that probably were going to get left out when the, when the big 12 looked like it was going to crumble. So yeah, you're, you're definitely right. Well, let's get into the survey, Dave. I mean, year 16, I'm sure folks that have listened to this podcast for years have kind of heard from you and, and how this came about, but refresh, we have new listeners all the time. Just kind of, how did this survey come about and, and what, what spawned it? Yeah, so I used to be um, a, uh, a member, a poster on the on the rivals uh, message board, the OSU rivals mes message board, which I think still exists. But uh, but people were posting. I, mean, I just remember one year, people were posting, "Hey, what are your expectations for the season? How many how many wins this season?" And there'd be a thread with people just responding with a with the record. And I'm a numbers guy. I like kind of analytics. I love Microsoft Excel. I kind of live in that for my work and stuff like that. So. I decided to kind of, you know, get, make it a little more organized and kind of take, you know, I, I wanted to just kind of take the pulse of the whole fan base uh, as, or, you know, or the, the, those that live online, I suppose. And so I started, you know, I asked, you know, asked about the record, but also asked, you know, other questions as well and uh, just kind of enjoyed it. People seem to enjoy it. Um, it's grown significantly over the years. I think that first year I had like a few hundred responses and now, I think last year we had 1,500. I've gotten up to like 2,000 or so before. So it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of a fun way every year to, um, you know, like take the pulse of the fan base and, and ask them. I try to ask some new questions every year, try to get a little creative, you know, make some lists, you know, rankings and things like that. And it's, you know, it's been fun. Like I occasionally will run into a client that, you know, figures out that who OKC Dave is and stuff like that, or, <laughs> you know, make make new friends that way. I've had uh, lunches with Barry Trammell on multiple occasions as a result of the survey, stuff like that. So it's been been pretty fruitful, but more anything else, just kind of a fun annual thing to do. It's a lot of work, but um, but I, I have fun with it. So you're still saved in my phone as OKC Dave, by the way. The name lives <laughs> on. It. Good. Then you can <laughs> find him at Twitter at OKC underscore Dave, right? That's right. I'm not quite, I don't post quite as much as I used to, but I, yeah, I'm still there. I'm still well, there. I didn't mean to copy you with my, my latest Twitter handle. You know, when I left channel five, I needed a new Twitter handle and it kind of stinks. You, I lost my blue check mark. If you change your username, I don't think people know that oh, really? that's what happened, but I went with Carson underscore OKC. So I didn't, I didn't quite copy you in a whole. I was just like, what, what can live on here? Well, I'm, I'm an Oklahoma city slash Edmund lifer. So I thought that was fitting. That's right. Yeah. That's not going to change. So that's <laughs> right. Part of who you are. Well, you did have a ton of new information to put in the survey. I know a lot of it transfers from year to year, like, you know, Mike Gundy's approval rating, uh, Mike Boynton's, you know, win totals, which you mentioned. Uh, but this year, especially with 
the new conference and trying to incorporate you know all these new members of the conference how that how that kind of parlays where osu will finish in the league just it was a big undertaking i'm sure so how did you kind of go through that process yeah I mean, I do try to keep things consistent from year to year in, in terms of who I ask or how I ask certain questions because I kind of want to accurately be able to go back and gauge over time, for example, the approval ratings, things like that. Um, but yeah, I, it was, you know, I have some templates set up from year to year and I did have to make quite a few changes on that and, and will again uh, next year, I suppose. But that's fine. That's kind of part of the fun. Um, and I didn't ask a ton of questions on realignment. Um, you know, as I was working on the survey, a lot of that was kind of going down. So it was kind of hard to, you know, figure out what questions I needed to ask. Um, and then by the time I released it, it was kind of things had settled down. So, but I did ask, you know, one of the questions was, okay, we're losing OU, at least in football, who's going to be our new, new rival. It's kind of sad to, I mean, I, I'm happy to not play OU, don't get me wrong, but it's kind of like, you know, it's one of the casualties of the realignment era is losing uh, certain rivalry games. So I asked, uh, you know, what who, what teams in the new Big 12 are most likely to be our, our conference rivals? So let, let me ask you, Carson, who would you, who would you, by, by the way, the survey is still open as we talk right now. So some of this may change, but I, I did kind of take a sneak peek at some of the results. So this is what I'm going to talk about here. But who would you think would be our, our the number one rival going forward for according to fans yeah you had one two and three to kind of rank in order uh rivals and i I think number one for me is very 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 easy and it's texas tech i mean the long-standing beef they have with osu of you know stealing traditions and we did this first and they're they're just kind of like that annoying little brother that you know (laughs) ou fans call osu fans little brother well mike gundy has flat out owned Texas Tech at the height of their program with under Mike Leach. He, he owned them. He had probably the best record against them as anybody. And just there's a natural kind of beef there. So I think I think they're the clear favorite. What, what did you think? Yeah, I agree. And that that was that is the number one response uh, is Texas Tech. I think it's just a natural, you know, um, both kind of, you know, uh, agricultural schools and, you know, kind of a somewhat similar vibe, I suppose, although I'll take Stillwater over Lubbock any, any day, but, um, but yeah, that, that, that was the number one. Uh, and then I'll give you the, the top three. So tech was number one. Let me get, can K- I guess? K-State was two. Oh, oh I'm K- sorry. I'm sorry. K- I, I spoiled it. K-State yeah. was two. I, I would have gone with yeah. Baylor just with all the, you know, the shenanigans that have gone on down at Waco over the years. And the fact that they've been mm-hmm. good at times and, and really have, you know, I mentioned OSU's record against Tech. It's it's not been very good against Baylor as of late. So I, I would have personally, I would have put Baylor too. Just for, they're they're in Texas. They're kind of one of the old guards left over from the Big Twelve, and just they've they've played a lot of big games, Dave. And I, I think that and the reason I didn't put Kansas State there is I and maybe this is my own personal feelings, but I also get a sense that OSU fans feel this way too. I've always felt kind of a kinship with Kansas State. We're both kind of isolated. We're both kind of looked down upon from the establishment. And um, I don't know. I just, I feel like they're they're kind of like one of us. I, I I don't know. I've never had that animosity towards Kansas State. I agree with you 100%. Uh, I didn't have uh, them even in my top three uh, for that reason, just because I, I, I kind of love K-State. I mean, I, I enjoy rooting, rooting for them. Um, uh, I don't really have a problem when they beat us other than the, the fact that we lost. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't really, uh, they don't get under my skin the way some other schools do. So um, I kind of agree with you. But maybe people are just thinking in terms of a, I mean, K-State's good right now in football. Maybe people are just thinking that, that they're going to be kind of on our level and be a, an annual game that we uh, we'll focus on now more um, that OU's out of the picture, but I kind of agree. Um, so you had you had Tech Baylor. Who who would have been your your third? Yeah, and I agree with you. I, I think that's why they're two in your survey. I think people are looking at it. You know, who are we challenging for the Big Twelve Championship every year, and who's going to be some mm-hmm. of the biggest games? I think that's, and I I agree with that. If that's people's people's reasoning, I was going to go in more for the uh, the vitriol number three. Yeah. I would probably put, <laughs> I don't want to put too much weight on 2011 and Ames, but my my heart kind of goes that direction. But I think the right answer here might be TCU, more along the lines of your reasoning for why Kansas State was probably two. I think I think TCU, that, that rivalry will really grow now that 
they've established themselves and they're right there in DFW. So I would probably lean TCU, but I could certainly understand people putting Iowa State. Yeah, so we, we've got the top five covered here. So, I mean, the, the, the results in order were Tech, K-State, Baylor, TCU, Iowa State. Um, okay. And I, I had TC, I, I, I would I would kind of go with uh, Baylor and TCU there as, as a two and three. Or I mean, uh, it's hard to say in what order, but uh, I I kind of agree with you there. I think I kind of think OSU fans. I mean, well, I'll just speak for myself. I don't think Iowa State is on our level to be a rival. I just don't. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that, but uh, but I do think TCU is. I think they are good, and obviously they were you know a good football program. And I think that game annually is one that people are going to be focused on um, for conference, you know, uh, implications. And then also, uh, you know, they're in Texas, we're recruiting against them all the time, stuff like that. So I I think those are, um, you know, three, I mean, three Texas teams. uh, And I guess you got to throw K-State in there as well. But yeah, yeah, and it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating how the new schools uh, are received. And I think the games will, will play a huge role in this. Like for instance, if they play Utah, and, you know, obviously a great coaching matchup between Whit, uh, Whittingham and, and Mike Gundy. But if there's like a an incident, like remember like the Brecken Hager thing that happened at the end of the game between Oklahoma State and Texas, if there's some sort of like ugly incident with like Utah or BYU mm-hmm. or any of the new schools, I could certainly see a new rivalry emerging based on certainly the outcomes of games or even, you know, some some histrionics involved. Absolutely. I mean, we kind of saw that in the old Big Eight, Big Twelve. When uh, remember when like Jason Sutherland from Missouri got into a fight with somebody, and you know, and then for a couple <laughs> of years, they're kind of you know, there's some heat, and then it kind of dwindles away. But yeah, you know, you never 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 know how rivalries are are born. So yeah, there definitely could be something like that. Yeah, and just below on your survey of the rivals, uh, you had the NIL stuff and the transfer portal, and like you know, just the the sheer amount of questions re- regarding that. I think really speaks to what college football's become. Uh, what um, what went into the NIL portion of that and just how has that been received so far? Well, I have to, uh, you're going to have to wait on that one because that is not one that I uh, have kind of compiled yet. So okay. uh, we're going to have to wait and see how that comes out. I, I My take personally is that um, I, I don't think Gundy will get high marks on how, because I asked, you know, has this been a positive for college football, uh, NIL and transfer portal kind of separately. And then I also asked, you know, how OSU is handling that, I think, or something along those lines. And I don't think Gundy is going to get high marks on, on either of those probably. Um, but I'm curious, I am curious. So we'll just, you'll just have to wait and see on the, on how people, Think of it. Think of it's been a positive or not for college football. I did get some feedback on uh, the pistols firing forum about you know someone said maybe I should have asked has it been a positive for the student athlete and I think that's a good that would have been a good question too because has it been positive for college football I don't know I think it might probably probably not but for the student athlete who now all of a sudden can you know make money and has freedom to transfer. Um, certainly it's been a positive, uh, for the most part, although I think there's been some downside to that as well. So it's an interesting issue that I'm sure will evolve kind of over time, but, um, but I, I do, I don't think, I mean, I, I don't know. I'd like to get your opinion. One thing that still irritates me about the way Gundy's handled everything was, you know, the trace Ford situation where, uh, there was an article, I think in the Oklahoman where they interviewed, they interviewed him and, you know, he entered the portal and I think he was in there for maybe a month or so before he ended up going to OU. And his comment was that no OSU coach spoke to him during that time period. You know, no position coach, coordinator, Gundy, nothing. And uh, I think that just shows Gundy's kind of philosophy on it, which is, hey, if you want to go, go. Um, but I don't know if that works very well in kind of the modern era of college football. So I um, I don't know. But what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think. I think that's Mike's general approach on recruiting too. I think he he wants you, he makes an offer and he wants you to commit and if you don't, he's he's going to move on. If you want to take a bunch of visits, he's going to move on. I think he's he's kind of I'm torn on it because he's earned that. I mean, his his win-loss record speaks for itself and he's earned the right to recruit however he seems fit and the results have been there for him over the long course of his career. I just think his stubbornness i think kind of gets in the way sometimes with things like that i think it 
kind of permeates throughout his entire coaching. I mean, you look at the times where he just demands to run the ball on third and third and long on in the goal line. Um, I think the stubbornness kind of can, it's a good, it's one of his best traits. And I think also one of his worst. And I yeah. think we're going to find out this year, Dave, if he made some of the right moves. I mean, there's been so much movement on their roster. We're, we're going to have to get the program out first game. Uh, yeah. I'm curious to see how all these new faces that, I mean, I think he did a good job of replacing a lot of those guys, but you just look at the, where the places that those guys went. I mean, you got schools like Notre Dame, USC, you know, big name programs that they've lost players to. I have a hard time envisioning that, that that's going to be a positive replacement or even a better replacement. I will have to wait and see, but I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see how the season plays out with all the, all the transfers that came in as well. Yeah, including one big one at quarterback. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, no doubt. Um, are you, do you like Alan do, Bowman? I, do you I think Gundy's playing games with his quarterback uh, stuff? Yes, I do. I think he's going to be the starter for sure. Um, you know, maybe, maybe we have some little packages that come in with uh, other guys or something like that. But like we tried to do with Walsh back in the day or something like that. But I think Bowman's the guy. And I think... And, and, you know, I, I don't have any problem with Gundy not saying who the starter is, but I think it's going to be Bowman uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. And I think when he's healthy, he's played really well. I mentioned on the last podcast, he's the only quarterback in power five that has a 600 yard game to his name. So if he's healthy, I think he'll he'll be productive. And but uh, there's there's so many moving parts with, you know, offensive coordinator and the running game that that will be kind of out of his control a little bit. But we'll have to wait and see. So let me ask you this. If, if you could if you could pick right now uh, a season with Bowman under center or a a final year of Spencer Sanders what would you what would you pick that's a good question um I think Sanders for sure I mean especially like Dave the the way he played last year when Sanders was healthy they were lights out I mean they were the first you know five six games of the year they were lights out I and this is where you know I just I recently got into a little Someone tagged me on, you know, anytime corn dog comes up, someone tags me and says, I'm going to be triggered. And look, Cornelius put up great numbers his one year, but you just go back and look at the, their losses. He was, he was flat out bad. And I think the Kansas state performance last year against Spencer Sanders left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. And I think that's certainly fair. When I bring up how poor Cornelius was against Kansas state, for instance, people can point to that one. I just look at how Sanders completely matured throughout the course of his career. And when, when he was healthy, the offense was electric. I mean, they were lighting up TCU in the first half and they obviously stalled out, but I don't know. I, the, the negative for Spencer is I believe staying healthy is a skill at quarterback. I think it's pocket presence, especially with him. It's knowing when to get down. How many times were we you know, frustrated with him not learning how to slide? So I, mm-hmm. I certainly understand that Spencer comes with some risk there. And I think that's a bit of a skill to stay healthy. I would go with Sanders just because Alan Bowman hadn't played football in three years. And I think even yeah. when he was healthy, I think Sanders was a better quarterback. So I, 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 and I think the way it's worked out with Spencer at Ole Miss, I think he'd like to come back, but I think again, Gundy had made it clear that he wasn't going to deal with it anymore and let him go. Yeah. I, I mean, I think Sanders is probably the right answer, but I think a lot of fans um, might are kind of just ready to move on from that era. Um, we've seen the ups and the downs with Sanders. And um, I mean, you have I mean, no question. He progressed along in his career uh, a lot, but I'm, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm just speaking for myself. I'm just kind of ready for something new. And uh, this may end up being kind of an in-between year um, where we're just kind of resetting a little bit. Um, but I, I'm I'm kind of okay with that. I think at this point. Now ask me again in November if we're not doing so well, and I might say I would love to have Sanders back. But that's kind of my current thought. So, speaking of Gundy, uh, how's his approval rating looking? I don't know. You're not quite done with the survey yet, but how's? No, I, I got that. Uh, so pr- pretty good. Um, so it's funny. In 2021, two years ago, his approval rating was 78 percent last year it was 95 um you know you're coming coming off of uh you know almost a big 12 championship we got a logo too that's right so he was way up and now he's back down to 78 again (laughs) so uh the fans are fickle uh still pretty good though right i mean uh, you know it's it's pretty pretty solid approval rating he's been up there in the 90s he's been down kind of down here in the 70s um 
I don't have it in front of me, like kind of what his low was, but uh, but but pretty pretty solid. So I think you know, I mean, Gundy, year to year, it just seems like he, you know, sometimes he kind of grinds on fans a little bit. Sometimes he's doing great. Um, it's just been the the I, I've had I've had OU fans say, man, aren't you just tired of him? I was like, well, I mean, it's just kind of he is who he is. You kind of have to accept him, you know. Uh, sometimes he annoys you with things that he says or does. Um, so I think he's too stubborn, like we were talking about earlier. But look at his track record, you know, and, and look at, I mean, and like we were talking about at the beginning of this call, we know how bad OSU football was. So, you, I mean, I think long-term fans are just grateful for what for where we are. Um, and so you just have to take the good with the bad. Yeah, I, I certainly, I would probably rate him at a, out of four, I think the only thing holding him back from a five out of the five point scale would be the recruiting aspect we mentioned and the the lack of, you know, re-recruiting guys that that may or may not leave. Um, but no, I and I've been on this fence for a very long time. I, I see the potential OSU has. You know, you mentioned Boone and and Gundy did both deserve credit. And look, Mike's done an amazing job, but he's the only coach that's had this type of program at his disposal. We just don't know. And right now I'm I'm more than happy to not know. As I mentioned with Colby last week, like with realignment and everything that's happened, give me give me Mike Gundy and his consistency level because it can, as we saw at Oklahoma with a coaching change, it can bottom out in a hurry. Uh so oh, I yeah. I certainly would like Mike to keep coaching another, you know, five, 10 years, who knows? But you know, the interesting thing about Mike Boynton, you know, his approval rating, I'm curious to see what it is because it was you know, it was high despite results, but I think, you know, you mentioned fans being fickle. I, I think fans are starting to get a little restless with, with the basketball program. How about, how about his approval rating? Yeah, you're, you're right. Um, so again, two years ago, it was a 96%. Um, wow. Uh, and last, last year it was 70 this year, 40. So, um, yeah, and what's key here, I think, to to look at, I also have, you know, when I ask this question, it's approved, disapprove, or unsure. And so, his highest ever disapproval rating was eight percent. This year, it's twenty eight percent. So he's he's lost some fans, basically. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no question. Um, you know, I mean, you can't argue with it. I mean, everyone loves the guy. Uh, you know, as a person, as a human being, I think he just he's so likable, um, and everyone wants him to succeed. But he's been here a while now, and uh, we have not seen the results. So, I think it's fair. I mean, I think he would say it's fair. You know, um, but yeah, yeah, forty percent. So that, that's a, that's definitely a low for him. Um, I wanted actually in the first year there were so many fans that didn't even know who he was. So I think there were <laughs> yeah. the majority Me included. The, the, the majority, yeah, the majority of people were unsure that first year. Um, but you know, once he, you know, uh, people saw who he was. He's been he's been hot, very high since then. So I mean, I'm sad to see it. You know, go this low. We saw Travis Ford go lower uh, before he was uh, fired, but. Um, I think clearly he's on the hot seat and, you know, we need to see some results. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for this year, but um, I think he's probably still got uh, just a little bit of slack, but it's really running out. Yeah. And I, th- I think Mike has really mentioned this and this is why we all love the guy. He basically said the truth and what, what's really happening. He said, look, if I don't, if I don't win, Chad's going to have a decision to make. And I understand that. And he's, he's a, he's an adult about it. And some coaches wouldn't even go there, but that's, that's why he is who he is. And that's why he's such a great recruiter. And I think everyone's hoping he'll win. And that kind of leads me to the toughest question for me every year is, would you rather win a national title in football or basketball? And I, like you grew up in, in old Gallagher and the fun part for me, Dave, doing some of those rewatchable episodes we did of, of watching old OSU basketball games is it's so easy to forget just what that atmosphere can be. And there's mm. there's nothing like it. And I've covered the biggest football games OSU's had under Gundy. And I still don't think those quite compare to when Gallagher Iba is full and they're playing a you know a heated opponent and they get on a you know a 10-0 run and the, the opposing team calls timeout. That moment right there is the pinnacle for me of of my OSU fandom and it, it's it's hard to replace and I certainly understand the importance of football and I I think I may have even answered football with the way basketball is right now and, and just how important football has become but annually Dave that that question for me is really hard 
It's hard for me to. I answered football. I think I have gone back and forth on this, uh, but I answer basketball. When I, when I have answered basketball, it's for the exact same reasons that just there's something magical about a uh, full to the brim Gallagher Ivo Arena and how special that place is. There's just nothing like it, and I want nothing more for that to, than for that to come back. And it just it's been gone for so long. It's just it's, it's I mean sometimes I'll sit in there and just kind of get a little sad about it. Um, and just want it to come back. So I would, I would love it if we could get back to that level again. Um, even just putting 10,000 fans in there would still be amazing. But I answered football for the reason you just stated, which is it's so important. Um, and, it, you know, it, it does everything for the athletic department uh, and, for, and for the university, really. But if football is not competitive, then, you know, the rest of the I mean, forget basketball, you know, forget everything else. So I think it's just too important. So, I mean, winning a national championship in football would be incredible and would really, you know, I mean, if it's true that we're inevitably going to come to this kind of super conference, you know, Premier League type arrangement where there's, say, 25, 30, 35 programs that are competing at the highest level, then we need to be in there. And we're, we're kind of on the fringe of that. So, you know, uh, I think that's why I answered football. Yeah, I think that's the right answer. Um, but again, 10-0 run, full timeout, yeah. the band oh. starts playing the dun dun dun. Oh man, just I get chills thinking about it. It just it doesn't get any better than that. And I just as as good as the the young fans have had it in football, I, I just I wish they could experience that on a on a more routine basis. It's it's I, a magical I building. Agree. I mean, I you can walk into Gallagher but empty. And it's just, it's, it's got this aura about it. It's hard to explain unless you've been there and it's just, it's, it's the best. Um, yeah, by the way, 77% of fans said football, which is down from 83% last year, a little surprising, but 77%. Maybe people just, uh, just really want to get back to the old Gallagher being what it is. Maybe that's, maybe that's it. Um, one more, a couple more things. Um, just, you mentioned, we mentioned realignment and just where, how OSU could have been left out. Just. How do you view them moving forward in this conference with with what the Big Twelve is now, and obviously all the all the presidents, Casey Shrum, Chad Weiberg, they all seem aligned with the schools and everything. Seems like a really great relationship now that the the big bullies are gone. Just what do you think this does for OSU in terms of football? I think it's a good thing. I do. I mean, I mean, I hate to say this, you know, I don't want to be an old Aggie or something like that, but to be under the shadow or out out of the shadow of of OU football. Um, and I mean, that game has been just terrible for us, uh, you know, for a long, long time. So now we get to be one of the heavyweights in the conference or try to be at least, um, you know, and I think we're well positioned to do that. I mean, I think it's us and Utah and, uh, K-State and, you know, maybe Baylor TCU kind of, I think we are, you know, uh, there's a collection of really good programs and we're one of them, uh, maybe near the top. Uh, so I think, I think it's great. I mean, the fact that I, I don't know, know that it could have played out any better. Uh, once, you know, if you take the, the, the day that OU and Texas announced they're leaving, um, I'm not sure we could have, you know, orchestrated anything better than what we have today, which is a collection of really good programs, a, a competitive conference that's, um, you know, not at the SEC or Big Ten level, but a really good conference. And we're one of the major players in it. So, I think I think it's fantastic, um, and I'm kind of excited uh, to see if we can use this. Um, we, I mean, we've really got there's a lot of pressure. We got to stay at the top here um, because I don't think all this realignment stuff is over. I think we are going to see, you know, in a few years. I think you're going to see the Big Ten want to get rid of, you know, the the Northwesterns and the Rutgers and 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 all that. And I think there may be some more fallout from that. So we need to remain at the top of the conference, but I'm excited. Yeah, me too. I, I'm with you. I think it was the best case scenario. And and to your point about uh, OU's shadow, you know, I, I recently have been tweeting about how Mike Gundy is a, a Hall of Fame coach. I don't think that's even really a, arguable. You just compare him with like a Bill Snyder type, very similar resumes. Obviously, Bill did it a lot, more, lot longer. But every time I tweet that, Dave, it, I get his record against Oklahoma and the lack of Big 12 championships. And Part of that's on Mike, and part of that's on OSU that OU won so many Big 12 titles. They pulled they pulled several out of their you-know-what, just completely out of the fire. It's a testament to them as a program and an institution. But I think the Big 12 
was way more competitive than OU made it seem with all their trophies. I think the league was so competitive and mm-hmm. OU just seemingly found ways to, to, to win it. And that's a credit to them. But I think it, that game, that solo game has jaded how people view Mike Gundy as a hall of fame coach. So I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm Oklahoma state doesn't need Oklahoma. It, it was amazing rivalry. I would prefer them to play every year because the Bedlam's so much fun when <laughs> until the game starts. But I think this is a real opportunity for Oklahoma State to continue doing what they're doing without that 800-pound gorilla on their back. And I think it's going to free Mike up a lot because that game was always the last one of the year. It was always, you know, I'm sure super stressful for him because he knows the records. But I think this is a chance for Oklahoma State to flourish. Now, I I do think the league is going to be crazy, just like I think it has been when OU was in the league. I think we're going to see kind of how it's been where teams are just new there's been new teams in the big 12 title game the last couple of years so i'm mm-hmm. i'm excited it'll make for an exciting league but i just hope osu can be in the thick of it year in year out yeah i i agree and that, that's where the pressure you know comes into play i mean i i wouldn't pick anyone other than gundy to to, to do it but we've got to yeah we, we we really got to keep the momentum uh, of the program uh, at a high level and and stay I mean, I'm not saying we have to be in the championship game every year, but we need to be there often um, because I think, you know, like I said, I, I don't think all this realignment stuff is over and we want to be in a good position going forward. But, but yeah, for the fans, I mean, yeah, I think it's going to be great. I mean, I'm, I, I am a sucker. I, I go to, I've been to Norman. I went to Norman last year to watch Bedlam thinking, okay, here's, here's our year. And we're down 28, nothing in the first quarter. I mean, it's just, God, it's brutal. So I think it's good to take a little break. I, I think I think it's probably likely that we'll play them every at least every once in a while um, after a few years off. But uh, uh, but I think it's nice to um, you know we get to kind of reestablish ourselves as a program without being you know you know being the same conference as OU and playing them every year. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, and you keep mentioning like kind of reestablishing and you know, keeping the momentum going. It, we we always reference Mike's win loss record and the amount of ten win seasons, but from from twenty ten through twenty seventeen, he had one, two, three, four, five, six double digit win seasons. Since then, he's had one. So from twenty eighteen through twenty twenty two, he just had that one year with the Fiesta Bowl with double digit wins. So it, things have waned a little bit, and um, it, this that's what makes this year so important. And you know, one of the big questions that the question that spawned this survey, Dave, was the win total. Uh, what what do you what do you think about their win total? What's the survey tell you? Yeah. So last year, we the fans predicted nine wins or just shy of nine wins. And we ended up with seven. Um, and remember, this does not include the bowl games. It's just regular season games. And so, you know, it's a disappointment, obviously, uh, last year. This year, we're down basically one. So it's 7.9 is the number right now. Um, so it was called eight wins. Significantly higher than the Vegas uh, line of six and a half. But um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so eight wins is, is the is a prediction. I, I think that's probably about right. I, I was surprised to see the six and a half line. Um, seven or eight wins is probably right. I think this is kind of, like I said, it's kind of a reset season Um uh, I don't know what I would compare it to. I think, you know, on the upside, it might be like a 2008 uh, or a 2015 type season where we started out unranked and, um, you know, finished, you know, towards the low end of the top 25. I think that probably be, um, you know, that's kind of the Zach Robinson or the early Mason Rudolph era would be would be nice. Um I don't see us getting up into the top 10, 15 area at any time during the season, but maybe we can kind of sneak into the lower edge of the pole there. And then, and then, you know, you got to figure out quarterback next year. Um, but I think that's, I also, I mean, it's kind of funny. I, I think I've talked to a number of fans about the season and I think people are, uh, it's kind of a comfortable place for OSU to be, which is low expectations are low and Gundy has done well in those situations before. Uh, so I think people, it's kind of a, a, a familiar spot for OSU fans, which is expectations are low and hey, maybe things will go well, you know, um, versus, you know, the other side of that, like, you know, your your 2009s or, um, oh, I don't know, what, what's another year where we were, you know, finished off really, really high and didn't didn't finish so well. well I suppose last year uh, was one of those. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I kind of view this year a lot like, 20 going into the 2010 season where 
you know, Vegas, and I think most people view it very high level, right? Zach Robinson leaves. They got this quarterback named Brandon Whedon who barely played lot the year ago. He had one good game. We don't know much about him. We don't know much about this Kendall Hunter who used to be a backup. And then boom, they they meet their win total. They win like they go like 10 and 0 to start the year. Now I don't I don't necessarily think that's going to happen this year, but I think it's very similar in that there's just so many unknowns. People have kind of written them off. And I think they're gonna be better than that. I think I think eight wins is probably my floor. Um, or it's probably the that's probably what I would pick. But I would not be shocked at all if they won nine games. Maybe I mean ten would depend on Alan Bowman just lighting the world on fire because I don't know if the defense mm-hmm. can just shut everyone down. But I I do think there's a lot of unknown that I think OSU is going to smash six and a half on the win total. If I was in Vegas right now, I'd drop a pretty good amount on that. And I just think you got to give Gundy credit for. I mean, when's the last time he won seven games last year? Seven in 2018, seven and 14. And you got to go all the way back to 2007. So I, I think eight's pretty much the the, the standard. And I, I would be shocked if they lost less than that, or if they won okay. less than that. Well, yeah, I I like that. Um, I mean, I'll sign up for for that now. I, I just I, I think I mean you're you're kind of betting on all those things to pay off. I mean, you're saying you know people don't know Bowman and uh, you know. Uh, the the running game is uh, you're, you're kind of counting on those things to 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 work True. out and maybe 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 they will but your new defensive coordinator I mean we're all excited because it's August uh, but who knows how that's going to go too um, no Texas you know, no so, Texas on the schedule that helps that's right and, and you know I, I think it's interesting to catch the new conference uh the, you know the, the new teams at, at the end of the schedule I'm I'm, I'm interested and this may end up not being an issue at all but to play the BYUs and Houston's and Cincinnati's at the tail end of the schedule when maybe they're, they're beat up a little bit more than they're used to um, mm-hmm. from playing the big, big 12 every week, uh, week in, week out. Maybe that's an issue towards the end of the season. Maybe not, but I, I think that's a positive too. So and that could help us. Yeah. I mean, you're playing your road games are at Iowa state. I mean, they're, they're way down West Virginia doesn't scare you uh, at UCF still a bit of an unknown and as is at Houston. But man, you get your two toughest games at home, Kansas State and Oklahoma. And we all know what Oklahoma mm-hmm. is, but you get them not at the end of the year because I think that, Dave, is so so overlooked in the Bedlam series. OSU has had way more quarterback injuries going into Bedlam than Oklahoma has. I think, and that's mm-hmm. something that they're never going to put in Mike Gundy's win-loss total against Oklahoma, but that's played a huge role. Now they get them the first week in November, which I've all, that, if you if you remember... I think, I believe the Josh Fields Rashawn game still open was not the last game of the year. I think it was early November as well. So I I like seeing that on the schedule. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I I agree with that too. Because and the other thing is it just puts additional pressure on the game. You know, <laughs> yeah. which is the last one of the year, so uh, which is not not needed. Um, so I'm I'm happy to see that earlier on the schedule too. Hey, yeah. uh, let me let me ask you what. Um, what what did you think about the my ring of honor question uh, uh for you know i said it's time to get a, a defensive player up there what what were your uh do, do you remember who you who you ranked uh, i up there? couldn't scroll fast enough to find um uh, leslie o'neill's name number one i think he needs to go up next after terry miller um my and some of these guys i think a lot of your survey uh, pollsters might not remember because they're from the eighties back when OSU played just amazing yep. defense. My number two was Kevin Williams, first round draft pick in the NFL. Those were, those two were pretty easy for me. And then I, it got a little more dicey. Well, you, you got the one and two, it, it was Leslie O'Neill by a landslide. And I totally agree. He, he's, he's got to go up next. Uh, and then it was Kevin Williams. And then I think after that, you started to see some recency bias bias because it was, Malcolm Rodriguez, uh, Emmanuel Ogba, and then Justin Gilbert, which I'm sorry, but Justin Gilbert, I, I don't think he's going to be a ring of honor uh, uh, up there. But, uh, but yeah, I, but I like to see some of the some of the old guys like your Mark Moores and your Stacy Satterwhites and stuff got very few votes, but they're rated highly. So I, I like to think that the the olds were you know trying to help those guys out. Um, but that, I thought that was a pretty fun uh, question. I always like. I, I mean, I've done ranking the, you know, it's funny. I looked back through some old results and I found one where I asked uh, people to rank all-time OSU quarterbacks, but it was pre-Whedon. 
So this was like a 2008 question or something like that. And, uh, or maybe it's a 2009 question, but Zach Robinson was number one. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then I think Gundy and then Fields. So it's kind of funny to, you know, to see a question before Whedon and Rudolph even uh, played a game. So yeah. That's why I, I like disagree with that. that honestly. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, uh, I, how about who, how, go ahead. Yeah. Like I, um, you're, you're going to be super shocked by one. Actually, I think I had Jason Gilden three people don't remember Jason. Oh, Gilden. wow. He played he in the awesome. NFL yeah. forever with the Steelers. the Steelers. Yeah. Um, he had a great college career. I was trying to find what he did in college. I had looked it up at one point. Uh, he's a pr- three-time pro bowler in the NFL. So maybe his NFL career is jading my my selection there but you know who i think has to be in this list is someone who you kind of you kind of wrote off a little bit it's justin gilbert uh his resume is unbelievable consensus first team all american first team all big 12 and second team all big 12 another year uh second team all big 12 re- return man and was the eighth overall pick in the nfl draft Woo! that's that's pretty strong. That's pretty, I, I, I mean, I, consensus all American alone admit, before you get to anything else is crazy. It is crazy. So maybe I, I shouldn't write him off. I think the reason I do, and you can probably guess why I do, is uh-huh. the, the drop. Bedlam, the Bedlam drop looms the over everything. Game. It just, uh, it's t- I mean, it was that was soul crushing. That defeat now you know was, how my Gundy that, feels. That, yeah uh and that that would have cemented another big 12 championship and oh my god if he catches that that, is he the first if he catches that is he the first because that wins the big 12 is he the first defensive player to go up he might be i mean that's sad to say but he he might be (laughs) um and it probably also elevates clint shelf on all the quarterback rankings as well so oh hell yeah Um, i'm i'm on that boat yeah um, how about how about, on, how about how about hoops? How about how about hoops defenders? Or did you want to keep on going on football? Uh, I went I went Gildan, then Gilbert, and then I think I put Mark Moore in there. Fit five. Good, good for you. I was tempted right. by Malcolm because he was so good, but and, oh I, no, I, maybe I had Ogba. I think I, I think I went with Ogba instead of Gildan. Actually, now that I think about it, so yeah, I think Ogba had an unbelievable career and doing the same thing in the NFL. Um. Yeah. Hoops, I had Tony Allen one. That shouldn't surprise you. Uh, first team all defense. Um, I believe I had, I think I might have gone with Melvin Sanders too. That might be just me being me. Uh, and it, it's, it's hard oh, to decipher between. What's that? He was on my list too. So yeah. it was hard for me to separate. Uh, Melvin, Randy Rutherford, Marcus Smart, Desmond Mason. I think Andre Williams gets way too much credit defensively just because he has the shot blocking numbers playing center. I kind of went yeah. more with who, who was the best on defense. Um, so th- all yep. those guys were hard for me to separate. Yeah, I went I went Tony Allen, number one as well. Um, and I, I don't, actually don't remember how exactly I ranked them, but I did have Melvin in there. I, I have to give Melvin. Uh, so, he, I mean, he was... You know, he was there when I was. I think a lot of it's there, like who was there when you were there in school, you know. And Melvin sure. was an incredible defender during those years uh, that I was there in Stillwater. Uh, but the the list as of now uh, that's ranked is, is Tony and then Marcus Smart two, Desmond three, Ivan McFarland four, Marcus Dove five. Uh, I, I thought it was kind of interesting that Dove got enough votes to be in the top five and he was a great defender i just think people maybe i thought maybe people had kind of forgotten about him but evidently not so um, i think i had him five i think um i mean that was his like calling card and oh absolutely yeah he was just kind of ahead of his time i've said that a lot if he had developed like a a corner three in today's game i mean he'd play in the league for 10 years with his defense Mm -hmm. no question yeah those were great Um, anything else from the survey you want to get to dave before we get out of here um, no, let's see here. Um, I thought it was interesting that the percentage, I always, the percentage chance of winning Bedlam, uh, is 38%, <laughs> uh, this year, which is about where home games have been, uh, even with OU Colorado. coming off a seven win season or six, <laughs> six wins in the regular season, even then, I know, I know. And it's the last one. Like people thought, I thought people might rate it a little bit higher, but just can't do it. Um, uh, but yeah, it's the last uh, so, one. So Squinky, it, no. Squinky might like 
land on the field and like just cause havoc with it being the last bedlam football game. I mean, something <laughs> crazy is going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Another earthquake, something along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I, that's, that's, uh, I think that's it. So, uh, what about, no, uh, it, yeah. on the percentage of the wins, just you, you list every game. This is my last thing. The, you can do the mm-hmm. percentage of each game. I don't know about you, but pretty much every game, but bedlam I had, I think K State. I think it was the was the only one I had below fifty. Besides Oklahoma, I think that's the only one. Everyone else, I put like fifty five on all of them. I think it's just like a yeah. kind of a coin flip with OSU probably winning winning the coin flip more often than not, slightly. Yeah, and that's that's the hard thing about this type of year is when you have. I mean, there are not many games. I mean, take away the non-conference, you know, the early games, but there are not many conference games where you feel really confident about it. And so that's kind of what I was getting at when you were saying, I think they went eight or nine games. You're counting on those coin flips to come up the right way a lot. And sometimes they don't. But uh, but yeah, there's a lot of games in that kind of call it 40 or 45 percent to 55 to 60 percent area, you know. Um, and so, you know, those those don't always come out in your favor. But uh, that's why I like to do the survey that way rather than saying, do we win or we lose? Because if you just say, do we win or we lose? Well, we're all optimistic fans and we're going to say win. But when you when you make someone say, what are the percentage chances, then that 55 percent, you know, whenever I run the, you know, the simulation uh, and, and, you know, it it, it term comes out as a loss, you know, 45 uh, percent of the time. So uh, it, it, I think it brings people back to reality. And, and I, I will say this going back, uh, you know, in the 15 years of the survey so far, our predicted wins as a fan base have been 127 wins over that time period and our actual wins have been 129. So, wow. um, we're, yeah, we're, we're right on the mark. Uh, maybe, maybe could be a little more optimistic, but maybe so, so that eight wins, you know, tells you that should be about right. I hope it is. I mean, I, I think an eight, nine win season is a win this year, and, Absolutely. but we've got to, but we've got to start getting back up to that, to those 10 win seasons again. So, yeah. well, as Marshall put it on the PFB, uh, chamber board, the, OSU's or Dave's OSU survey can now drive 16 years. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy to me. That's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, it's great, I've got a Dave. I'm a 17-year-old, so that puts things in perspective. <laughs> yeah, so. you've been doing that almost as long. That's great. Uh, again, Dave, great, great chatting with you. I think this is a, a great thing. I'm, I'm so happy you continue to do this. I think it gets people really fired up for the season, and I always enjoy getting to, getting to chat with you. Let's do this more often. Same. Uh, I would love to. Thanks, Carson. All right, that's Dave Hudson. Uh, Colby's in Canada somewhere. Oh, Canada. We'll get back with him uh, next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening.